Blog Talk Radio. And we are on Listen, Give Live Radio today. And we're so thankful to have you on the show. Today we're having Aresia Stennett, and we're waiting for Jay Logan to come in from Japan. Before we bring Aresia on, I just want to thank her for being on the show with her. Her name is Aresia Stennett. She is with the International Youth Leadership Institute. And, guys, I'll be very straight with you. Today we have had the worst technological breakdown that you could imagine. Couldn't get into Blog Talk Radio today. They had a breakdown, so Blog Talk Radio, yes, we're putting it on blast. Please do something about this issue because it is, it's literally becoming an issue for some of us to get on. Uh, Jay Logan, we're waiting for you to dial in, my friend. Come on over. Come on over. We're waiting, and United Nations, thank you for the opportunity. Um, so before we get started, we're going to just talk about two things before we bring Ms. Stennett on, because she has a short time frame with us today. want to let you know some amazing things that are happening. The United Nations is celebrating its 70th anniversary next year. So there's going to be some hot things coming out of the U.N. I know you're thinking U.N., hot things, how could that be? Then we also have uh, the second thing is that we're going to be doing a lot with youth and education next year, both Savoy and Listen Give. As you know, Listen Give and Savoy are partner organizations. We're going to be rocking it out with youth and education next year. So we're really, really looking forward to that. And then um, the guests next year are just going to be amazing. So without further ado, 
we're going to bring on Miss Aresia Stennett and Jay Logan. We are waiting for you, my friends. Aresia, welcome. How are you today? Aresia? I'm doing well. How are you? Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us, Aresia, on Listen to Give Live today. Okay. So we're going to ask you a set of questions, Arisha, and we just ask you that you tailor your answers just to the questions because we don't want our audience to get all the goodies too quickly. Is that okay with you, Arisha? Okay, that's fine. So, Arisha, I understand you work for something, an organization called the International Youth Leadership Institute. Yes. And we would love to know a little bit about what that organization is about. Okay, great. Okay, so the International Youth Leadership Institute is a nonprofit organization started in 1989 with a mission to really see, you know, high school students from the African diaspora, Latin America, you know, really leave a legacy for the world that is really empowering them to learn more about the history, geography, culture, environment, through service, through academic research, uh, and seminars while they're in school at colleges and universities. It's a, it's a great opportunity for high school students um, in New York City to travel, to meet experts um, in communications, in medicine, in the Peace Corps, um, in business, you know, that really then has them facilitate conversations that they want to talk about and that they want to see, you know, transformation happen in. Um, yeah, it's been so, so that's what I was is about, um, having high school students have the opportunity to really grow with one another and develop themselves academically, socially, professionally, you know, personally. And through, well, I should say high school students from the ninth grade to 12th grade, wherever they're at, they, you know, attend IOI Life Open House, and we have sessions, seminars, workshops twice a month on Saturdays at various um, college campuses, whether it's at NYU with our partnership with the Liberty Partnership Program or at Teachers College Columbia University and in another colleges throughout New York City, and they meet on Saturdays for from about four hours, and they discuss topics that, are, that they're interested in about talking about, um, looking at themselves as activists, doing activism work, and, you know, working with organizations like GEMS and the Opportunity Network, they get um, college preparatory sessions, you know, to pre- prepare them for those sessions for, for students that are seniors. And, uh, you know, one of the requirements for them to travel, which happens during the winter and during the summer, is a, a 10-day program ha- that happens in a winter time for returning students and for newer students and returning students, so all, they're eligible to apply for the summer programs that take place during, during the month of July and August for one month. And so in order to um, participate in that program, one of the unique programs that we have is called the Community Service Development Program. And through that program that was actually created by one of our 
notable alum, uh, Jason Warren, who's uh, also a co-founder of the Brotherhood Sister Soul, um, created this project at, at IYLI where students do community service in their community, whether it's through an organization, school, um, even through IYLI, we have community service uh, development programs. And what they do is they leave a project with the organization, whether it's updating a map of the community or uh, whether it's creating a video of a dance program or updating a website or, you know, increasing the awareness about a animal rights. You know, our students are interested in a number of different things. We have opportunity to uh, do community service at organizations like the Manhattan Neighborhood News Network, CCC, which is the Citizens Committee, Citizens Committee for Children. And, uh, yeah, because of the service that they do, which usually includes 40 to 60 hours over the course of the year, then they're, you know, eligible uh, based on scholarships as well for the students to participate in the academic uh, programs during the summertime where they travel under a scene where next year, actually, we have about four programs. One winter program that's happening in Jamaica under the theme okay, now, of... Arisha. That sounds great. We just don't want to let all the good stuff out before we can ask you about those travel programs. So, Arisha, before okay. we go on, we have Jay Logan who's calling in. Our co-host uh, is calling in from Jamaica. I'm from Jamaica. I'm okay. sorry. You've got me thinking about Jamaica from Japan. So, uh, Jay, hi, how are you? We were missing you for a minute, sir. How are you? We have Arisha oh, yes. Bennett on the phone. Hello, how are you? It's great that you're on our show. It's great. Um, I'm in Japan. It's been snowing out here. It's been really bad. We've been having a bit of a snowstorm. So um, I'm here, and so everything is wonderful. And um, just wanted to say welcome to the show. Well, Jay, Arisha was sharing with us, she works for an amazing organization that really um, allows kids to travel to other parts of the world, and she does so many things, so we're going to really get right into this. So, uh, Arisha, Jay, and I both are going to be asking you a series of questions around this. You know, I know that the International Youth Leadership Project allows you to take these kids to different places. You know, I'd like to ask you, like, where is, you know, where have you taken these kids, you know, that and what have been their responses when you've taken them to those locations? So can you start with, like, the last place you have traveled with with a group of uh, uh, teenagers and what the effect, uh, profound effect was on them? Say that last part one more time. So the last place well, that well, I traveled with the students and their effect on yeah. them? Yeah, what was okay, you know, the last yeah, the last place that you took the students, and what was the profound effect on those students? Okay, great. So the last, uh, actually the summer fellowship program in 2013, we took the students to Brazil. And in Brazil we went to Rio, and, then, and also we went to Salvador, Bahia, and Porto Seguro. And so, you know, that was my first time going to Brazil. A few of the, I think maybe one or two of the students had had been to Brazil before, but for all the rest, the rest of the group, which was about 13 of us, uh, three adults and 
excuse me, uh, actually 14 of us, three adults and 11 students. And our theme was environmental science. Our theme was environmental science. And so under that theme, we got to look a lot, a lot at, you know, the geography of Brazil, you know, being in Rio, staying in places that are, you know, very close to the favelas, going into organizations that are doing work in the favelas, and you're having the students see that, you know, them being able to relate to the architecture and even the uh, socialization of people in these environments, you know, how they can relate that to their experiences in the U.S., or maybe other parts of the country, like the, that. That's some of the, the that's like a, just a little bit of um, some of the experiences and being able to look at the ge- geographical part of it. But then also them learning the language and you know one of our students actually that participated in that program this year. I'm going a little bit ahead, but uh, she decided to do a gap year and did it in Brazil. And uh, you know that's like the, one of the things that that happens, like one of the profound things that happens. Students. She, you know, she graduated from high school. She used to do a gap year at a country that they've, you know, been to on a summer fellowship program or a winter institute. You know, they really see themselves as humanitarians in, in the sense that, you know, they can, they have a voice and that there's a an a outlet for them to write and for them to record, you know, each other presenting um, research presenting research and doing ethnography, then they then be, are able to take that with them to college. And, you know, they, they, they tell us that, you know, because of IOILI, uh, you know, I've been able to utilize a lot of the curriculum in college. And, you know, with Brazil going to the favelas and then going to Salvador and being in Bahia and uh, Pelorino, it's like, you know, the, the architecture is, is just so different to see how people live and the community and the socialization, again, you know, being able to connect to that part of history and culture that they may not necessarily uh, really get in America, in New York City for that matter, but do have a level of awareness about it. Jay, do you have any questions for uh, Arisha? Yes, I wanted to, I wanted to know what inspired you to take these students around the world uh, on these different trips, what what was the inspiration behind this? Wow, <laughs> you know, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, what really inspired me, I think, came from the opportunity that I had in 2008 on the first first program that I participated in myself. Um, it was a friends and family program, which is a portion of the organization that uh, adults have the opportunity to travel. So as a friend and family of the organization, having had siblings that had traveled to Egypt when I was 14 and, um, you know, and my, my, youngest, my younger sister and brother had traveled to, to uh, and cousin had traveled to South Africa and Senegal, I really saw the impact that it had on them. And so I was um, working in Washington, D.C., and and had moved back to New York. But while I was in, in Washington, D.C., I had the opportunity to travel with the group to, to Egypt and, and really see, as an adult, like that level of curriculum design, although it wasn't as intensive and academic as what it is for the students, it really piqued my interest. And so my background is in medicine. And, uh, you know, I went into that industry 
with the intention of learning to save lives, and um, that was a was a intention that I also saw an opportunity for me to do with high school students. So that's what really inspired me, being able to work with high school students in New York City that, um, you know, are, are really underrepresented in a lot of uh, high-level careers. And just internationally, having that awareness um, of the opportunities that are there for them and how they can you know, develop themselves as leaders in this global citizenry capacity. And uh, I think, too, you know, being someone whose parents were not born here, having the opportunity mm-hmm. to travel to Jamaica at, at a young age, like that really had an impact on me because I didn't see a number of my friends traveling, yet I was always traveling, whether it's to Jamaica or somewhere where a friend lived, you know, it was something that I did, I did very naturally. And so when I found out about IOLI, I was just, like, blown away that they had been doing this work. And, you know, the young people are, you know, they're not going on trips. It's not a vacation. This is an academic study abroad program for high school students in New York City. And, and we've had students from outside of New York City participate in it. And, and I've just been really inspired and, like, invigorated by you know, seeing students who, you know, were part of gangs or, you know, just had other issues that they were dealing with in their lives, like really get empowered around wow. empowered around community. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I've, been, I've been inspired to say that I'm, I'm saving lives. I'm not working in the hospital uh, currently, and uh, I'm working, you know, with young people in the community and uh, saving saving their lives, giving them another option to, to take, you know? Well, you know, one hmm. of the things I wanted to ask you is you t- you take a lot of these students, and please, two things, share with everyone the age of these students. Also share with people um, a little bit of your background. You have traveled to some amazing locations around the world in various capacities yourself. So if you would share the age of the students and your most, the, the place that you travel to that has impacted you the most yourself personally? Mm. <laughs> wow, I don't know where to start. Well, I'm sure that my, my um, I have family in Jamaica. My dad was born in Jamaica in Montego Bay, and my mom was born in London, which is a place that I have not yet traveled. But uh, I have traveled to Jamaica. I've traveled also to Australia. Um, I've traveled to... Malaysia, Paraguay, Panama, um, with the students in the International Youth Leadership Institute. I've traveled to Egypt, to Ethiopia, Tanzania, Mexico, Brazil. And I, I, I share that next year I'm traveling to two new places with the International Youth Leadership Institute. I'm taking students to um, Morocco and Spain for uh, a summer soldier program that's going to look at immigration. And, you know, of all of the places that I've just listed, uh, the one that's really impacted me the most is Egypt. It's really, 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 I had the opportunity, as I said, in 2008 to travel there with the Friends and Family Program. And then in 2010 when I, when I led my first program with Iowa as a group leader, I also traveled to Egypt. And that was right before the uprising so it was just being able to, you know, travel in two different times, 
you know, and then to kind of look at and see what's happening in the country now. And because there's so much history there, and I think everybody should go to Egypt. You know, I think everybody should go to all the places that I've mentioned. They have so much history and so much culture that people are not related to. And uh, and there's just a power that comes with knowing a sense of, like, you know, where you're from, you know, where you're from. And I think that more and more people should really invest in knowing where they're from. And, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see I, while I go, go to Egypt again, you know, our executive director has the opportunity to go there and share that. You know what you see is that what you see in the media is not really what's happening there. The, you know the the city is still alive and bustling, and tourism is something that has allowed you know really really generated a sustainability for them. So it's something that they really are working to to revive. You know, and people should know that it's a safe place to go to. So yeah, it's one of my favorite places. I uh, I, I always think about Egypt for going to Aswan or Haggadah or Cairo or Luxor. You know, those those are some really powerful places. What you know, um, Jake, you go ahead because you know I'll get right into that. You know I love that stuff. So, uh, do you have any further questions, Jay? Yeah, I wanted to know um, about some of the international studies that you do in Africa and Latin America. Could you define some of those studies? Okay, so some of the international studies that we've done uh, in some of the countries that we travel to, uh, in Egypt we did global health. In Brazil, I mentioned we did environmental sciences. And in um, in uh Excuse me, and uh, yeah, in, in, in Morocco and Spain, we will be looking at immigration. So really looking at the history of, of these things in the country, looking at how it relates to, you know, what organizations, whether it's the U.S. Embassy or other nonprofit organizations are really doing to sustain the people, and then looking at under that same theme in these countries, like how are other parts of the world affected by it? So whether we're using the Universal Declaration of Human Rights or an article in Japan that looked at global health and how USAID was able to implement uh, initiatives that, you know, improve their health outcomes by, you know, a certain percentage, that students are able to utilize these um, these articles, you know, to create, a, to create a presentation where they're able to really look at, like, through data collection, through using different types of um, charts and graphs, you know, um, different types of um, group activities with their presentations. They're really able to, to delve into a theme, you know, from, from, a, from a, not just an analytical point of view, but really in the space of these are high school students doing this work with each other, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're not teachers, we're not lecturers. Um, and then, you know, another part of it is that, you know, with this theme also comes like a language portion. So the students are able to study the language in the country while they're there. You know, I uh, I have to mention that, you know, that language portion is so crucial because when you travel to another country, especially as Americans, like I think we have a tendency to expect that everyone – um, is able to, you know, speak in English, right? <laughs> um, right but one right, of the right. one of the key things, and one of the one, of, well, I think one of the greatest acceptances too from the people in the host country is that you do 
taken the initiative to learn the language. Our students do study the language, and we have we've studied Arabic at the American University in Cairo. They studied Swahili at the University in Dar es Salaam. They've studied Portuguese at um, Fuki University in Rio. And you know, so it's, it's, it's a really heavy component to our to our curriculum for the students. So yeah, this is, the theme you know really really follows that, but it really allows them to delve into um, academic research projects like ethnography, where they do a survey of the land, uh, a day in the life, and um, a community snapshot. And through these different ethnographies, you know, under this theme, they're in the local villages for seven, four, maybe about ten to ten to fourteen days you know, where they're really getting a sense to go out into the community to interview, to ask questions, you know, based on the the ethnography that they're presenting on, you know, the, either doing observation work, or the doing interviews, or they're, you know, gathering their data. So, yeah, it, it allows them to, to, to really look at a large spectrum of, of data collection at various levels. Wow. Well, you know, one of the questions I have um, – and, and so far as you know, a day in the life of, are they staying mm-hmm. with edu- when they, when they're there? Are they staying with educators who are so if you're there for environmental reasons and for the kids who mm-hmm. study environmental? Are the kids staying with educators that are involved with environmental? Or are they staying with just families who are taking them in at the time? Or are they staying in hotels? Great question. So we do a number of, and, and, and again, I mentioned that while in country, we, we travel to a number of locations. So the students get a number of, again, geographical um, geographical socialization, right? And so with that, there are times when we stay in hotels, there are times when we stay in hostels, there are times when we stay, like, in the village. Some, what happens with our relationships that we have um, and I want to say we traveled to 14 different countries in Africa and Latin America. Uh, we have relationships in these countries, and so maybe in one of the villages there will be a hut that's designated for our students. We have not um, done home stays, which is kind of different from having a hut in a village. Um, however, yeah, it's it's a range of hostels. It's a range of, um, you know, guest houses and you know the the yeah so it's, it's it it varies it varies as far as the delivering the living the living arrangements and accommodations for the students just in, in order to have them have that experience we've uh, i remember in egypt we took a, a three day feluka ride down the nile and so the living accommodations for that was uh not not like a hotel and it wasn't a cruise so I really like like when people ask me, oh, so what's the Felucca? Um, and I get to talk, talk about that lovely story. Well, Shay, can you share with us what the Felucca is? Ah, okay. So, 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 so the Felucca is like a sailboat. And so what happens is being uh, that place where that was somewhere we stayed for three nights, there was a, what was like a huge cushion. Um, that was generally like a public mattress that, you know, when it was night and you're under the stars riding down the aisle, you get your blanket and you, you know, you just go to sleep and you wake up, you know, to that. And there was a little, towards the front of the sail, there was a little under, uh, I, I guess like an under cabin. And 
I'm telling you the 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 uh, the salesman, I guess for lack of a better word, right now that we had on the, on that uh, Faluca. Every morning we would have like a phenomenal breakfast, and we would like, there's no fridge, there's no, uh, you know, how how is this even possible? But you know, really, really, um, the students get a get get to get a sense of like what it's like and how people you know live day to day and how they how they have to. Um, travel day to day and so looking at you know being on a fluka for three nights riding down the Nile or looking at you know staying in a, in a, in a Nubian village in Aswan you know they, they get a sense of like what it's like to stay as a as a tourist and then what it's like to actually live and be with the people in their community I have a question hey, you have... I was wondering yeah I do I do yeah, and then this is kind of going off the off the maybe the left side of things. I was wondering, is there a degree when you when, when a first timer or a first fellow goes? Is there a degree of culture shock? Could you explain that? And if uh, has it happened to you when you first started this? Um, when you know when you first bring somebody over to these different countries and dealing with these different environments and foreign environments? Yeah, you know, we do as much preparation as we can with the students prior to the months and even the the months during the summer and even during the 10 days in the winter, there's an orientation. And during that orientation, we really delve into, you know, the cultural sensitivities of the country, um, you know, and really looking at that aspect as well as the, as well as the academic portion of the program. And so we do as much preparation as we can. However, when you travel to, you know, some of these students have never had a passport before. So even getting them onto the plane, that's the culture shock. And then you have these students that, yeah, have never been to Africa or Latin America, and they see themselves and they hear people say to them, my brother, my sister, or, uh, you know, they, they feel a connection. They feel a connection. And at the same time, they, they see a, a level of, of responsibility, a level of responsibility and a level of... Um, you know, a lot of them say, I, I know how grateful I am. Like, I'm not I'm not uh, going to complain about the things that, that I have because I realize how much I have. And I think that's like the, <clears throat> that, that shock for them when they realize, too, that, and, and it's not that they don't have because, again, the students travel to some places where, you know, they're going to meetings at the, at the excuse me the the UN representative of uh of Ethiopia and so you know they get to get a sense of well this is how people live at this level this is how people live at this level and so they know the opportunities are there it's just how they 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 deal with well in the sense here as adults you know how do we really like disperse and uh and decrease that that level of um of what people have and what they don't have. You know, how do we really find that balance? Because especially going to Africa, you see so much land, you know, for them, and they're like, well, what are they doing? They have so many questions. It really does spark for them, you know, more questions. It really does spark for them more questions. You know, one of my questions I have is, you know, I'm a a Malaysia uh, fan, and I'm also an Africa fan, which, you know, some people may say is completely different from each other. But then there's the other side of it is that, you know, it's a Muslim culture and a lot of uh, countries in Africa practice 
uh, the Muslim faith. Okay. My my question is, what did you find in the you know how did both you and the children that you took between Malaysia and Africa? What was it? What did you find that the kids, uh, even if there were different kids that you took for both, what did you find that was different in both of the cultures, uh, personally yourself, Arisha, and what did the kids find that was different in the cultures there? Okay, so, and I was there, these are two different unique programs. So when I travel with the students in Africa, that was with the International Youth Leadership Institute. Uh, and when I traveled to Malaysia last year, that was in December, I traveled with another organization called the International Young Leaders Academy, which uh, is a partner, is partnered with a number of other organizations. And I'll just list them, the Global Young Leaders Academy and the Global Peace Foundation. And so with that program that allowed me to travel to Malaysia, uh, I, I traveled as a young professional um, with a group of other young, young professionals um, from, from all over the world, and we went uh, really to, you know, look at, um, look at peace, really looking at creating and sustaining, sustaining peace, you know, all around the world. And, and actually this was the first time that I traveled to Southeast Asia and Malaysia is a is a, is a beautiful country, and you mentioned that you know yeah the majority of the the majority is Muslim. It's a Muslim country, and there's also you know Hindu and Buddhist. But yeah, the majority exactly is, exactly you know so 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 when I say that too, you you know you, when you think of I think in America too, like our demographics are broken up broken up so different so. Interestingly, I don't know if different is the word I really want to use, but interestingly, that when you travel to a place like Malaysia and you see, you know, the, the representation of uh, Southeast Asians, you you just, I don't know to say, you can't imagine because, you know, there are different parts of the country where you're in, whether, you know, you're with the Hindu family or, you know, you're in the city and, you know, you're with, uh, you know, uh, a Malaysian. And even when you meet Malaysians, some of them will tell you that their ancestors are from Portuguese or from India, you know. So it's just really interesting when you when you go there and you see the people. And, and one of the things that I really loved about Malaysia was just the, the how the country really supported strengthening the family. And I think that that's something that we can really – um, learn from, and I think that what I was able to really get from going to Malaysia was, you know, meeting a number of people that, you know, have connected me to other people here in the in the states that, you know, we can do this work through, and so so that was a great opportunity to go with young leaders, you know, it, where I was not necessarily facilitating a summer program with high school students, but to be with you know, other people from around the world, whether it's from the Philippines or whether it was from uh, here in the U.S., or Seattle, or, um, you know, there were only three women from the from New York City, myself, and two females from, uh, one from the graduate university at Pace and one from the undergraduate, and one from, excuse me, uh, the undergraduate person at Pace University. And uh, it was just an interesting dynamic. You know, it was a really interesting dynamic to to be able to kind of look at <laughs> from 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 now both of these lens. But I, I really um see how myself they like allowed me to step into representing and re- being a leader, really. Like being a leader representing not just my organization, my community, you know, my family, 
and uh, having conversations with global leaders. You know, it really put put me in a position to be able to have these conversations with them and connect. And uh, I, I really look forward to that. And uh, and I guess I can share too that I actually just got back from Paraguay. Uh, maybe now three weeks for the 2014 Global Peace Convention, and it's really looking at a national roadmap for transformation, like liberty and justice, you know, who, how are we going to do moral and innovative leadership? Like, what is it going to look like? At what level of business, education, interfaith, service, uh, do we do we really, you know, our, what is our capacity? Like, what programs and things are models that work? And I think but, that's the much like the distinction between we, traveling with the students and traveling with the young professionals. The conversation is different where the students have the conversation based on, you know, the opportunities that are there for them. And then as a, as a global ambassador with the International Young Leaders, it's a conversation of initiatives for countries, for the world. Much like the work that we do at Landmark. Yeah. So, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Much like the work we do at Landmark, the, the transformation of it all. Because what a lot of people don't realize is transformation cannot begin without the underbelly of the foundation of integrity, and integrity, honoring one's word, you know, being truthful, being authentic, those things, and that, and that has to start with each and every leader to build that. You know, to build that. that totally build that. Um, I guess, so to speak, that, that, you know, we have concrete as a foundation, so they are, so to speak, the foundation of concrete so that other leaders can emerge and keep that going for years to come. Um, Jay, I know you have some questions yourself. I don't want to take the floor here, but go ahead. Yes, I wanted to know um, the definition of a, a IYLTI fellow and what, you know, most people, they just want to go on trips. You know, most of the kids, are pretty, oh, I would love to go to Egypt. But I wanted to know what does it take? I mean, like how many um, how many seminars do you have to go to? I mean, like to go to you know Brazil like next month, or is it going to take me a year? Is it going to take me three months? Or you know, because you know a lot of times they're excited about you know going, but then they're excited about the you know learning the skills and being prepared. Could you give us a little insight on how that works? You know, how long will it take me to be an ambassador? Okay. All right. Great. So thank you. With the International Youth Leadership um, Institute Fellow, we say IYLI Fellow, um, usually, you know, interested students, high school students will attend an open house or they find out about our organizations through their school, through word of mouth, through a returning fellow. They'll attend an open house. Um, and, again, usually our calendar usually follows the school calendar. So our open house takes place in September. Our and I'll share our offices are based in Harlem. We're on 127th and Lenox at the Oberia Dempsey Center. And on on Saturdays, the students will attend one of our seminars and our workshops and, you know, matriculate, matriculate, so attendance, participation, and, you know, over a number of seminars and seminars and workshops, there are about 13 to 15 per year, the students attend these seminars, they submit their applications for travel, you know, they identify what the community service development program is going to be, and it's really like, what is an IYLI fellow? An IYLI fellow is a student that has attended uh, X number of seminars, but not just attended X number of seminars, done 
community service and done a community service development program project at uh, an organization or school in their community with a school in their community is a student that has um, potentially, possibly also traveled because not all of the students that participate in our program travel. So some of them just really want to participate because there are high-level conversations that are happening with high school students. I mean, and they really get to, you know, whether they travel in the summer or in the winter, there are also college tours and other um, conferences that the students are able to participate in. We are, are a member of what's called the Global Access Pipeline. So an IYLI fellow may have participated in our um, conference with the at the Council on Foreign Relations um, for the Conference on Diversity and International Affairs. So an IYLI fellow, yeah, has, has either traveled, has done community service, has participated um, in conferences and on uh, initiatives. Um, nationally and locally, and you know, it, I, I think you, I think maybe the question is how long does it take to become a fellow? It's really dependent upon a student because really, once they attend IYLI, you know, it's it's up to them to continue to participate at what level. Um, it, it, I think you go back to two, Gail, you know, integrity and just at what level are we really going to commit to a program? Because if you, you know, want to travel, you make every seminar, right? Or if there's a recommendation letter or if there's a community service or an organization that you want to be connected to, you will, you will, make, the, you will make that a, a priority for you. So, um, yeah, students generally become fellows at the end of the year in June, and that's right before okay. the, the travel program starts. And I hope I answered that for you because on the website, um, IYLI.org, all of the information about how to become a fellow, how to apply for the travel programs, and even the dates of our workshops are listed if I'm not clear with that process. Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to say, too, to you um, and ask you is, so, Rita, I know you have to go very shortly, like in the next three or four minutes. So here's my question to you. As someone who's, you know, these kids are generally high school students, okay? Now, we asked about how the culture is over there, like how they're connecting with the culture, but how are the people when they first see Americans and, you know, the interest of the high school students? Because, you know, stereotypically, some, uh, it doesn't matter literally the um, economic level. What you find with a lot of the students is that people think the students, American students, are just out there to play around and have a good time. A lot of them, especially since America is almost last in the education market. How do they connect? How do uh, some of the cultures connect with the students themselves? Are they wowed by them? Are they great to have the American students in? Like, what has been some of your, um, I guess, some of your experiences around that? You know, it's it's interesting. I think for especially young people, when they travel to uh, any of the host countries that we travel to, people are really excited to see them, especially being young, especially because they are so young. They want to know why are these students here. And when they find out that these students are here to do research, to study, you know, the history, geography, culture, and environment, uh, they they they're they are excited. You know, I, I won't say that 
there there aren't levels of well wow you, you students that are able to come here you must have um, so much to be able to do this <laughs> you know sometimes that's the case and and I think too that's just the the culture of it um, being able to kind of dispel those types of myths because yes we're an organization that's able to have you students travel but there there's there's no um, hot pile of gold in our in our basement or in our cave that allows us to just do it very easy. So we have to have that on um, the people know when we travel that this is not something that uh is easy to do. And, you know, they really do again, like are happy to have these young people here to to learn about their culture because one of the other requirements is that students come back to New York City, um, come back to their home communities and share that experience. It's one of our requirements is their follow-up plan where they, they write about it, they go on a radio show, you know, they do a presentation at, at whether it's a church or other religious circle um, affiliation. Uh, yeah, so so it, 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 it's, an it's an interesting culture shock where the students have an opportunity to really set a tone for American youth, for New York City American youth um, in this country that it really has the people in the community that they are, that they you know uh, are are with um, have a different impression of have a have an expanded uh, relatedness to to youth in New York City because because there is that level of you you guys must have it all but um, yeah having that time over the, over the course of the month they really get a sense of like really what the opportunity is here and how you know, how communication between the youth and the country that they're visiting and, and our youth can really lend to a larger conversation over time, you know, that allows us to travel back to the country. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I say that, too, because when I think about one of the countries we travel to uh, regularly, I want to say that because over the last three years we've had a, a program in Senegal that focuses on renewable energy. And, you know, we have an exchange with, Senegalese students. We have a curriculum that's in Wolof and that's in French. You know, so again, just really looking at the cultural sensitivities and looking at cultural immersion amongst our students, you know, intergenerational and, you know, looking at how we can really, like, fuse that, fuse traditions, fuse curriculums, and and, and really, like, decrease, not decrease the cultural shock, because it will inevitably be there, you know, because we're working with a set of students that don't have this opportunity or have not had this opportunity. Um, and so it's inevitable. It's inevitable. But the course of the time really, really does lend to impact uh, the relationship. Um, Jay, I just got to flip one question in there. You said intergenerational communication. And you know, Arisha, that's one of the things that we stand for, Okay. I think it yeah. is so 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 important and so key, um, and I'm gonna leave that one there. I I, I almost went there, Jay, but I'm, I'm gonna leave because we don't have much time. What is your? I don't want to step over any questions you might have. I'm just that just got me. Um, I'm just I'm just wondering. So, um, your future in this program, what is your uh, ultimate goal? Um, for us? how long will you be part of this uh, wonderful? Uh, these programs and this thing you're doing because I'm so proud of you. I just want to, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm floored. <laughs> I just want to know how long, was, was, how long, is there an age where, you know, you get, you know, kind of the next group of kids take over or the next people, 
or do you get to stay in this thing forevermore? How, how does that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that, forevermore, right? Because we have a saying, I, I, I. We have a saying that goes, I, I, I for life. Right, once uh, uh, once an IYL fellow, fellow, then you become an IYL, and we have IYL parents, we have IYL volunteers, you know, IYL board members. So it is really forevermore. Um, <laughs> and and I'd like to say too, being someone who's like I didn't participate when I was in high school, but my siblings did, and you know, just seeing them come back and volunteer, or even seeing myself in the capacity, you know, as the director programs with this organization, it really does lend to that, like, you're in high school, we even have a program with middle schools, there are certain schools in New York City, um, Bronx Academy of Letters is a partner with us, and so, you know, we do have a middle school program, but high school students, and then there are interested parents that want to serve on our, pa- our parent council, um, you know, we're always developing volunteers, and so whether you're a young professional or someone who's experienced in the field all that information can be found on our website, IYLI.org. And, yeah, I, I look forward to meeting you. This has been a great conversation for me to um, have with you all. So I want to thank you for the invitation. Thank you so very much. Oh, thank yeah, you. you. We're blessed to have you on the show. It, it definitely is. And, you know, um, we look forward to seeing how, you know, our organizations can partner up with yours and, you know, um, the possibility that we discussed before the radio show. Um, you know, so thank you for being on the show, really. And um, it's it, there's so much that you, information you have to offer. You know, Arija, we so, we apologize for the breakdowns with the technology part and email, but we do want to know if it's possible you come back on our show sometime in 2015 and share more with us. Oh, that would be so great. I would love that. And then I'm just going to say one more thing. We do have uh, our Three Kings Kwanzaa celebration this Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. It's going to be at NYU. And, again, if you go on org, you'll see the exact location. You can RSVP. And, yeah, the email, everything is on our website. If you have any questions, Gail, um, feel free to reach out to me, Jay. It was just such a such a pleasure. If you're able to make it out on Saturday, it would be great to see you both, and you can yeah, see, meet some of our students and our board Jay members have, and our volunteers. I think Jay would have a bit of a problem in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless he's going to, you know, fly a magic carpet, unlike, you know, if he does, I'd like to know about it so I can figure out a way. But, um yes. You know, but but well, Ali, Ali, Ali Gato, I, I I appreciate the invitation, Aligato, and uh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> so, and you know, I appreciate it too. Um, I will do my best to, to get out there too. You know, planning for the new year with what Jay and I have with the UN and all that stuff. It's a lot, but I definitely okay. think I will try, definitely try. I, I'm more than you know what I'm going to say. Yes, I'll be there. Because I love what you do. Uh, I love the organization, and I love NYU. So there you go. Um, but thank, Lisa, you, thank you so much for, for being on our show. And um, you've got one minute, I believe. You have a 2 o'clock second, so we're all going to say yes, goodbye. Yes, I do. So thank you, Arisha, so much. And, um, you know, you. We're, we're grateful yeah. to have you on. Yes, thank you again. I look forward to coming back on again. You both have great and amazing, powerful days. Okay, thank you so much. 
You know, Jay, she's an amazing, amazing, amazing young lady. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's just amazing that it's, it's just great that, uh, you know, there's people that, that really, really want to save our planet. And this is great to have them on our show. I mean, this is this is what we're about. Listen, Jeff, you know, so just it's wonderful to see you. Yeah, on show. and, and listen, to Savoy. I mean, you know, listen, yeah. Jeff, and Savoy together. We're, you know, we partnered up, we're making a difference, and, you know, I have to say that we're making a difference in what we're doing with Listen, Give, and Savoy. I mean, you know, it's, we don't, you know, right now, we don't get a paycheck right now for what we do, you know, and it's because of our, and, and I, I mention that, folks, not because we're dying to get a paycheck. No, I mention that because this has been in the hearts of Jay and I with our organizations for a long time. Um you know, um, Jay's had his organization, Savoy, stop uh, all violence on youth uh, for a long time. That's how we met around his organization and his music. And, you know, we've had parents, kids' music, and Listen, Give, and, and, and Jay and I have come together with Listen, Give, and with Savoy. So it, it's um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And, um, you know, it makes you feel, Jay, like the the reasons, though we we started differently for different reasons, it makes it seem like what we're doing is all worth it. Right, and uh, it and, and it's, it's just wonderful that a lot of a lot of the people that have become guests on our show all have we all have one thing in common: we love people and we love to help, and that's what makes it. Listen, Jeff and Savoy, and all the other partnerships that we have such wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And you know, I wouldn't uh, change anything. It's just, it's just wonderful. Yeah, and, and she's a very young lady, you know, she's very young, the young lady that was on to have had so many experiences, has been fantastic. You know, one little note, Jay, um, during the time that I had an old company um, a, a few years ago, um, her uh, her better half was my intern, and that's okay. how I met, and that's how I met her. And he, his name is Jason Lloyd, he himself has traveled all over the world and was part of the Martin Luther King Center. He's been with the UN. He's oh my God. These are two young people that have been on the move and this is this is where they play at, so to speak. This is what they love to do for a living, this is where they play. Okay. So you know, um, you know, so I um I'm looking forward to what's next. I am so looking forward to that, Mr. Logan. It has, you know, and even in our partnership together, you know, we want to say this to our audience because Christmas is coming up. You know, Jay and I have been at this now for, it's it's really going into, I believe it's fourth year, Jay is now five, am I right? Or actually, it's going into yeah. his fourth year, going into his fourth year. And, you know, we've had, you know, like, I think Jay and I could probably write a book on relationships, business relationships, Breakthroughs, breakdowns, lessons, you know, some of the people on our show have come off the show and gone on to do very, very well. You know, so I think that there's a lot that we can offer, Jay, you know, and I think we owe our audience, um, and I'm I'm saying this out loud, Jay, because we've been talking about it for a long time. So for our audience next year, actually in January, we're going to have two parties come on and interview Jay and I. There's so much that Jay and I have to offer that we ought, we. it's not about tooting our horn. It's more about what we want to give to you as the audience to learn more about what we do 
and our knowledge and the things that we've spoken about. And Jay said one day, you know, people need to know more about what we do as well. So we're going to have an opportunity, and you're going to know in enough time ahead where we're going to have audience participation to ask us questions. So do you look forward to that, Jay? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, it'll be a, a reverse of roles. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a little hard for us because, you know, we'll probably be looking like, well, they could have asked that question. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> you know, but we're going to have two people set up to ask us questions in order for us to really impart what, you know, what the things that we've come up with and what we can share because we've learned from our guests as well. So um, that's it. And with that said, we will see you guys. We're not sure if we'll see you next Tuesday or Wednesday but you will know soon, and we will put it on our website. All right, guys, thank you so much. And, uh, Jay, as always, thank you for this. It's been great as usual. Oh, wonderful. Okay. I All right, Jay. Very shortly. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, <laughs>